1: It's a little bit after the hour. Good morning, everyone. show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in next couple of hours. Um, we're going to dedicate this show uh, to retirement accounts, individual retirement accounts, IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, TSPs. Wow. I thought you'd normally dedicate to a person. You're no. You're dedicating to retirement accounts. Yes.
2: Okay. It, every person that holds one. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, that's big. It's huge. That means you and me and you guys out
1: there. Millions. Yeah. Millions. Millions and millions. Um, Because what we are finding more and more um, are some mistakes that you're continuing to make with the overall accounts. Uh, There's a lot of rules and regulations when it comes to your overall retirement accounts, and I think a lot of times people are unaware of those rules. Um, there's also new laws on the docket, too, that will definitely affect some of those accounts. So will you want to get through uh, some of those new changes, potentially. Um, we'll see what happens. They've been on the budget now for the last few years. Yeah, and I, we're referring to some proposals in proposals, the yeah. o- Obama budget that um,
2: they haven't passed yet, but you can sort of tell where the party's going.
1: Um, yeah, and... Um, you know, speaking of um, the president, did you watch that uh, debate done Thursday, there, buddy? No, I've lost interest in debates. Oh my <laughs> god! It's a...
2: I saw. I was in the gym on Monday, and you know they got TVs now on your on your cardio things, and so I was. I, I, it happened to be on Fox, and I was. It was Megan uh, uh, Kelly's show, and uh, so she was talking all about. Trump and all kinds of stuff, and it was pretty interesting. But no, I didn't see it. Did you?
1: Yeah, I watched a little. I was in the um, office late on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And so I had it on. Um, it's it's hard to watch. <laughs> it is. It's hard to watch. I mean, I what I do, I get the I get the key
2: quotes of the day with <laughs> my news the next morning.
1: Yeah, and those key quotes that you get, they're, they're really going to help <laughs> the economy. <laughs> there's like nothing there's no substance whatsoever I mean all it is is rips yeah you know and right insults right it's it's I don't know I guess this is where we've gone to apparently so anyway um, <sighs> What was I gonna say? I got a lot of things on my mind right now, and I'm not sure where to flush it out at. <laughs> just, just pick one. Just pick one, huh? Yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, I mean, the markets have recovered a little bit. Anyway, yeah. we're seeing um, some still crazy volatility in the overall sure. markets. Yeah, pretty good week though. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's coming around a little bit. I looked I at mean, my retirement
2: accounts. They're they're back to where they were, and then some.
1: Well, that's because you're one heck of a, an investor, <laughs> Al. <laughs> I mean, so uh, yeah, we're back over seventeen thousand. Yes, that's a pretty good milestone. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I still listen to this radio show just to see when he's going to change his mind, uh, because you know all the predictors out there. Yeah, twelve uh, five. Oh, you know, the, the Dow's going to go to $12,500. Okay. Oh, it's going to go down to 10000 You know, This is when the market, you know, in January. Yeah, when it's going down. And then now it's kind of gone back up a little bit. I wonder if he's... Because when you look at the market timing, sounds really good in very volatile markets. Hey, you got to get out, you know, because you're going to lose 40% of your assets and it's going to take you forever to get back, you know. And, and how they talk, it's like, okay, well, that, that's assuming that you, first of all, have... 100% stock portfolio. Right. And 100% of that stock portfolio is in US companies because they keep going back to 08 and they're they're referring to the Dow Jones or the the S&P 500. Sure. Right? So US large companies. But oh, you know, as you and I know, Al, um, you know, over those that, some of those time periods, yeah, 2008 was really bad. Yeah. But if you had a globally diversified portfolio with some treasuries, some bonds, some, right? Yeah, international. Well, you know, international mm-hmm. bonds. Then you have some international stocks, small companies, large companies, value growth. Um, commodities, real estate, yeah. they didn't come close to feeling the effects of dropping 50%. Yeah. In fact, you, you kind
2: of look at that decade, 2000 to 2010, emerging markets. I mean, that went up over 200%. You just had a little bit of that in your portfolio. And of course, that's a volatile asset class, but it did really well. And and you look back 10 years when everyone else is saying it was the last decade, and you made 6 or 7% just by having a globally diversified portfolio.
1: You've heard of... Confirmation biased. Confirmation bias. Have you ever heard of that? I don't know what that means. Well, let's talk about it okay. because it's interesting. Everyone has it, okay. and um, it, it, it especially comes out when I, you are investing. Okay, because right?
2: you want to you want to confirm your belief. And you got you, it. You follow the herd type
1: you, of thing. Yeah or, yeah. or let's say that you get out of the market, okay, and then so when you get out of the market, right, you're going to look for um, you know doom and gloom. Type information. Sure, to to say you know what I did the right thing to confirm that you get out of the market appropriately. We all do that, right? Yeah. Or
2: (laughs) if we we buy something, we look at all the reasons why it was a good idea to buy. Right,
1: and then you neglected to look at the other side of the story. Yeah, and you know, since you know we're 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 knee deep um, into political rhetoric right now, you know. So if if you are a conservative Republican or a liberal Democrat, you know. You tend if you're going to talk politics, you probably if if, if I'm a liberal Democrat, I'm not going to jump into a, a conservative conversation, probably right, because that would probably tend to arguments and frustration and everything else. Right. So you you, you, you tend to watch certain TV shows, read certain magazines and yeah. things like all that. Right. I, I, so just I to confirm your that. beliefs, sure. it's, everyone has that. Sure. Right. I sure. do it. You do it. and All yeah. of our listeners do it, of course. And when it comes to investing it's you, you got to because when the markets were volatile right and then it felt good to get out and then if now if i'm sitting on the sidelines and if i see the market turn and it goes up Right. So I'm still thinking that it's going to go down. So I'm gonna to continue to look for bad news, mm-hmm. right? And not necessarily look at, you know, all the the, the good news that's out yeah, there. Yeah,
2: this is just kind of a blip. It's just yeah.
1: Oh, or on the flip side, you know, Where when the they... markets are doing very, very well, right? Yeah. Then we get complacency. Right. And then you're not you're you're ignoring some of the bad news that's gonna happen with the overall markets, but you're thinking, hey, well, over the last three, four, five years, you know, I've made pretty good money with this particular investment. Yeah. You know, it's gonna go down. A little bit sure, I understand that, but you know, I'm in a really good investment that it's going to continue to go up. So, either side of the coin here is that we have this confirmation bias. And when it comes to investing, you have to be very careful with that. Because let's say if you had a million dollars and that million dollars grew to four million dollars, all right? I don't think that's going to affect a lot of our listeners' life that much, right? You might buy a little bit nicer home, maybe you go on a couple more vacations and things like that, right? So there's the greed and fear that goes along with this whole confirmation bias, sure, right? Sure. So if I got a million, 2 million dollars and I double that over a time period, it's not like, all right, boom, I started from zero, now I got, you know, 100 million like I won the lottery and lose right. that money in another few short years. <laughs> yeah. But people that are responsible that have saved money, but on the flip side if you say, all right, that 1 million dollars grows to 2 million or 3 million dollars, yes, it's going to affect your life, but you probably it's going to affect it in most cases in a modest way. But if that million dollars goes to $100,000, now that's truly going to affect your life in a totally different manner, right?
2: right. Yeah, that's a, that's a game changer. And,
1: and so when you make decisions based on emotion when it comes to your investments, you have to be extremely careful to say, all right, well, is this decision going to be right? What is? Uh, have I ever been wrong before? You know, And if I'm wrong making this decision, either by getting into the market or getting out of the market, what is the worst outcome that could happen? Right? You can't necessarily say, all right, well, if I do this, I think it's going to go up 1,000%, right? because the opposite could happen when you're taking that much risk. Sure. I guess you know, coming full circle is that it's funny how the markets move. I'm not saying that the markets are going to continue to go up. I don't know that. We might hit Dow 10,000. But you have to anticipate that that is going to happen, and it shouldn't be a surprise. Or the markets could go to 20000 and you should anticipate that too, and that shouldn't be a surprise. That's why you want to have a little bit of money in all different areas and have the right allocation for your overall position in life, whatever your goals are. Control the things that you can control. And taxes is one of the largest things that you can control. And so when you're looking at your investment allocation, getting in and out, getting in and out, right? And I'm using that terminology again, Al. Sorry as about that. As long as you don't
2: say men get in and <laughs> yeah, out. right. That's what, that's what caught my attention when you said it, that last week.
1: What I want people to consider is to say, all right, well, here, control the things you can control, such as risk, such as taxes, such as Fees, and then then you can control the decisions. All right, we got to take a break. show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in just a second.
0: This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB.
1: Welcome back to the show. show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, Do you have an IRA? Do you know how? or where your money is invested in this critical retirement account? When is the last time you updated these investments? And how will you withdraw money from your IRA and avoid thousands of taxes, penalties, and fees? If you're like most, your IRA probably makes up a big chunk of your retirement savings. But here's the problem. Your IRA is virtually being ignored. Sure, you sink money into it every year, and that's great. But you haven't given any thoughts to your investments or how these investments work, with your overall retirement game plan. Plus, there's no strategy on how you'll actually get your money out of the plan. That means you could be setting yourself up to make a huge mistake. According to a recent article on Forbes magazine, paying a stupid penalty here, or not taking advantage of a loophole there, could cost you thousands. I quote Al, "You do. an IRA can be a tremendous vehicle to save for retirement, but it's really easy to make a number of mistakes. And any one of these mistakes could cost you dearly. Are you about to make the biggest mistake with your IRA that could cost you thousands? Well, what we want to get into right now is looking at some mistakes that people are currently making with their retirement accounts all right? and some steps on how to avoid them. Because you could save and save and save and have the absolute perfect portfolio, Clopine. Let's say the perfect portfolio. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. Right. Yep. And it's right there in your retirement account, but one mistake could cost all that hard work of constructing the absolute perfect portfolio. It means nothing because of everything is going to unnecessary taxes, penalties, and fees, and so on. Right. So that's why these accounts are so careful. It doesn't matter how you invest; just if you, you could be in just an average Joe, right? Pick a couple of funds, let it go, and if you know the tax laws you'll probably be 90% better than most because they are not understanding how the tax consequences coming out of these accounts.
2: Yeah, that is true, Joe. And there are so many ways to get tripped up all the way. I mean, some of these, I think we know, like we're not supposed to touch our retirement accounts until 59 and a half. And if we do, if we take money out of our IRA or 401k before those ages, uh, there's a 10% penalty. Now there's a few exceptions, but in general, there's a 10% penalty. And then it's like, well, so I can't take it before 59 and a half, but I have to take it at 70 and a half. So I got this little zone here, right, where it's optional. Then I have to take it. Well, why do you have to take it at 70 and a half? Well, guess what? The government wants you to pay taxes on those dollars, so they make you take it. Now it's not a 10% penalty anymore. It's a 50% penalty. If you forget to take that required minimum distribution, it's a 50% penalty. And what happens when you inherit an IRA? and you forget to take a distribution Like now there's different rules for spouses versus non spouses but if you're a non-spouse beneficiary like a kid grandkid you know or maybe it was your uncle whatever like so you have to start taking required minimum distributions as
1: long as it's titled correctly because half the time it's not even titled correctly true <laughs> because right then the whole thing is distributed out and it's a hundred percent taxable the whole Uh, balances yeah
2: exactly and that's even worse right because now it's like I I was making a hundred thousand bucks or whatever I was making now I got this IRA that's six hundred thousand dollars and I I got a full distribution now it looks like I make seven hundred thousand dollars I'm in the highest tax bracket and I just lost half of my 401k or or my inherited 401k or inherited IRA
1: right or you don't understand how to make transfers uh, this happened recently where an individual um, inherited $400,000 in a Roth IRA. So dad put a bunch of money into a Roth, did some conversions. He passed away, gave it to his son. All right, now I'm the sole beneficiary. The money sitting in an uh, uh, insurance company. He goes, well, I don't like that insurance company. I want to move it to my brokerage account. Calls the insurance company and says, hey, yo, I'd like to take this money out. So they send him a check for $400,000, all tax-free, mind you. Sure. But now guess what? It's outside of the Roth IRA. So every last dollar now that that $400,000 grows is going to be taxed. If he did a simple transfer right from that custodian into another inherited IRA at his brokerage account, he could have kept it in a Roth IRA. He would have been the beneficial owner, so all future earnings on that four hundred thousand dollars could have parlayed into several more hundred thousand dollars, right? Depending on how he's investing that money, and it all would have been tax-free forever. It would have never been taxed. Every last penny of that account would have been tax-free to him, but simple mistakes like this cost people thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of unnecessary taxes. They do,
2: Joe, and and so in this example, let, let's just say he was 40 years old, so he takes all the money out, and now it's, and it, and it was tax-free to him because it was in a Roth IRA, so that's the good news. The bad news is though all future growth uh, when he sells those stocks or, or investments Interest, income, dividends, it's all taxable. If it was inside the Roth, it would all be tax free. So if he's 40, and let's say he lives till 80, 85, that's 40, 45 years where all of that growth and income could have been tax free. Now he paid a lot more taxes. We're not just talking a couple thousand bucks. I mean, depending upon the size of the IRA, in this case, 400,000, I bet you the extra taxes that he'll pay over his lifetime for that mistake is definitely in the hundreds of thousands of dollars of range because you think about investments, I mean just a simple rule of thumb, if you got 400,000 at 40 and it's invested in for a 7% rate of return, it'll double by age 50 and it'll double again by age 60, double again by age uh, 70 and so on. So 400,000 becomes 800,000, 800,000 becomes 1.6 million, then 3.2 million all of that
1: income growth could have been tax-free. Uh, that is such a big mistake. Huge. I mean, and, but it's like, oh, well, does it? Well, how much does that really mean? Well, no, you don't want to know what that really <laughs> meant to you.
2: Because because it's... You, you would just, you'd, <laughs> you'd start crying and you'd never get over it. Right. Because, Joe, really, I, I mean, I've been a CPA for 30 years now, and it amazes me how many people fail to get the message about tax planning until they make a mistake that cost them thousands of dollars that otherwise could have been avoided. And then they finally get it, but it's too late. The secret is to make sure you don't have to learn the lesson the hard way.
1: All right, uh, when we get back, we got a lot more common IRA mistakes that are costing you thousands of dollars. So don't go anywhere. Show's called Your Money, Your
0: Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB.
1: Welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Kolfine. He's the CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, talking about IRA, individual retirement account mistakes that um, are costing you a couple of bucks. And simple things that you can do to avoid that. Um, first of all, you got to understand how the tax code works, and that's not no, not an easy uh, easy proposition. Unless Ted Cruz gets in office, yeah. right? Because then you can do your taxes on a postcard.
2: It'll be much simpler, right? 10, 10% flat tax? Yeah, there is, you go. Uh, I saw his suggested tax return. It is one page, it's a half a page actually. Postcard. But I will say this. One of the line items says, put down your salary and other income. Well, how do you you know what that is? Aren't you gonna have to another page to figure that out? And then you get to that page? You have a business? What's your income? Is it just your gross income? Oh, I guess you get to take your deductions. Oh, we need another page for that. And you sell your property. Whatever you sell it for, you pay tax on, right? No. I mean, if you bought it for 500000 No, no, you
1: just do that on a scratch piece of paper,
2: Al. <laughs> and then you put your net on there. <laughs> But you got to have rules, right? In other words, you buy, you you sell your home for five hundred thousand, but you sold, but you bought it for six hundred thousand, so you lost money on it. You have to pay taxes on five hundred thousand? No, of course not,
1: because you lost money. So, as a CPA, are you saying that you don't want a flat tax because then that would hurt the CPAs community of doing tax returns? Uh, actually, no.
2: I actually, I, I'm sick of preparing tax returns. <laughs> so I think that'd be great, but here's here's what I'm saying He's disgruntled, I'm disgruntled. Yeah. tax preparer I've, d- I've done that for long enough <laughs> actually yeah I, give me flat tax I hate this I, crap. I actually had a phone call uh with, and I was driving to work on Friday someone from from uh North County San Diego ah, I got your name from this person and uh I'm thinking I want to get some help preparing my tax return this year I said, well, that's really, that's nice, but I don't do those anymore. (laughs) No, I I don't. But here's the thing. I guess here's my point, Joe. (laughs) You could infer that, I suppose. (laughs) My point is this. The tax code, I mean, you can make it simple, flat tax, but you also have to have definitions of income and expenses, gains and losses, and that is is very complicated, right? It's hard to make this stuff simple. Right. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yes. The Tax Simplification <laughs> Act. That worked out pretty well. Yeah,
2: that was, for those of you that remember, that was Ronald Reagan, 1986, the Tax Simplification Act, which, um, in my view, in my opinion, made the tax code much, much more complicated than it was ever before because the passive loss rules were introduced. Now, I would say this. It actually worked pretty well in terms of uh, discouraging a whole bunch of abusive tax shelters right. that were going on back then. Remember, you were just the just kid, but the windmills, their people were, were investing $100,000 in windmills investments, and all of a sudden they would have uh, a write-off of 300000 and at their tax rate, they, they made money. They saved hundred fifty grand in taxes by investing $100,000. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Right. So these rules did stop that. They were very complicated because, and this is important, they were complicated because investments are complicated, and they had to be complicated to keep up with the investments. So I I love the idea of being simple. I just don't know how you do it. And then there's the further fact, Joe, which is this. When you have a flat tax, all of a sudden, everyone's paying the same rate. Right now, we've got the wealthy paying a much higher rate. In fact, the lowest rate's ten percent, the highest rate's about forty percent. So the wealthy are paying forty you know, four times more. If it's a ten percent flat tax across the board, we're all paying the same thing. So it's like, okay, I guess then there's a lot less money coming into the government and some people would say, Well that's a good thing, let's cut the expenses, but gosh, you still got commitments for social security and Medicare, you still want to have a military? As far as I know, you still need some roads and things like that. There's some stuff that we need to keep up. Now, everyone would agree there's too much fat in the spending, and I would say that too. But to be able to cut that dramatically, that's that would be pretty significant.
1: Yeah, I think the long story short of this is that um, we believe that tax rates can really, or the amount of money that we pay in tax, has to go up.
2: Yeah. yeah. I would
1: love for it to go down.
2: Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? That would be a 10, 10% flat tax? I would love that. I mean, it'd be, it would be cool. I mean, if if uh, mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of incentive, and now now I'll get the um, supply side economics going, yeah, yeah. Clopine's finally on our side. It's like, yeah, because that will spur the economy, because now if you're only paying 10% tax, you're going to do everything you can to grow a company and be profitable, and there's there's some a lot of truth in that. But the, the flip side of that is to make this work uh, you do have to cut spending, and that's what Reagan tried, and, it, and even he, who was the master at getting both sides
1: to talk to each other, had a really hard time with that. So it's looking at, well, what can you do now? All right. So the, the, <clears throat> There's good and bad things uh, when it comes to retirement, is that if you have assets, right, and if you have a lot of assets, that's a really good thing. The bad thing with that is that most of the largest assets that we see that people have accumulated before retirement are in retirement accounts and when you pull dollars out of those retirement accounts, they are taxed at ordinary income. It is taxed exactly like your paycheck without the FICA tax. So you have to pay federal income tax, depending on how much that you pull out, of course, is what's going to be your tax bracket, and I still get this argument. I teach every single night of the week when it comes to retirement planning, taxes, investments, and everything else, and it's like, Joe, my income is going to be substantially lower in retirement. And just 15 minutes before that individual said that statement, I asked a question to say how many of you want to duplicate or replicate your paycheck when you're in retirement? Every hand goes up in the room. Absolutely, I want to replicate my paycheck or actually I might want to even spend more money in the first few years of retirement. I said okay. Then I asked, "Well, where's the bulk of all of everyone's assets? They all say in their retirement accounts." But then they still don't get it. They're like, "No, my social security's 30,000. I'm making 100,000 today." So I will be in a lower tax bracket and I don't even think social security's taxed. So what are you talking about? I go, "Well, you want to make 100 still?" Correct. Yes, you got thirty thousand dollars of Social Security income. Where's the other seventy thousand going to come from? Yeah, you want to spend a hundred. You want to spend a hundred? Just where told you, me. Yeah. Where's it going to come from? Well, oh no, it's going to come from my retirement accounts. Okay. Well, those retirement accounts are taxed like your paycheck. So, if you're still creating a hundred thousand dollars of income, and most of it is coming from your retirement account, how are you going to be in a lower tax bracket? Yeah. And then, then the light <laughs> potentially kicks on.
2: Yeah, and then they start listening to you.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, you're right. Now, because I think for years and years and years and years, it's always been, hey, you will be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. And that is absolutely true for probably the majority of Americans. Right. But for our listeners, it's probably the opposite.
2: Yeah, because you've saved. You've saved money. And, Joe, I, I mean, it's, it's really about uh, sort of creating an income stream. And if you think about it, what, uh, what Joe just said is right. If you want to have the same lifestyle and your money is all in retirement accounts and you've got Social Security, maybe you got a pension. Cool, good for you. All that shortfall has to come from your IRAs and your 401ks. You're in the same bracket that you were. In some cases, you're in higher brackets because your required minimum distribution at 70 and a half forces you to take more out of your IRAs than you even want to. We see that all the time. And, and I guess the key really is the taxes don't stop when your paycheck does in fact tapping your retirement nest egg comes with all sorts of new rules and opportunities instead of contributing to tax deferred plans that reduce your taxes you start tapping those savings for income and paying taxes at your regular rates unless you're tapping into a roth ira which we'll get into in a bit so as you near retirement Tax planning becomes more important than ever, but you must use a forward-thinking tax strategy because you have more control over ta- paying taxes in retirement than you think, more so than any other time in your life.
1: All right, we gotta take a break. Uh, go to purefinancial.com. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth.
0: This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey,
1: welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Copeland. He's a CPA. Go to our website at purefinancial.com, get a lot more information. We have an education center there, a great uh, place to get some information. There's probably 350, 350 videos, short little clips um, on questions that you've asked us in the past. And so we do like these video blogs. Uh, Al and I also do a television program, Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, and you can see um, our television show on there too, if you want it. PureFinancial Go to our iTunes. iTunes is always a good place. You want the podcast or or whatever. Um, this is a two hour show, uh, but we cut the podcast down. I think it's only like forty some odd minutes or something like that. So we
2: took the best because there's there's a lot of fat in our show. Yeah.
1: So no, if you if we wanted the best, it'd be like a seven minute show.
2: <laughs> out of two hours. We just took out the worst. <laughs> yeah. <right>. Got it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. A um, couple of things. Let me go through some um, some mistakes okay. that I-, I see often when it comes to retirement plans and planning. Is that um, a lot of you assume you can't have an IRA because you have a 401k plan or a similar plan. Uh, that is absolutely not the case. You can have both plans. You can have a 401k and an IRA. Um, and it, it never fails. It's like, well, no, I can't invest in an IRA or I can't invest in the Roth because I have a 401k through my employer. Uh, no, they're two separate things. So if you have a 401k plan, you can fully contribute that plan. That's $18,000. If you're over 50, $24,000. Uh, and if you also want to contribute to an IRA, you can do so as well. $5,500 in an IRA. Um, if you're over 50, it's sixty five. dollars But there's some caveats with the IRA. If you want to go Roth or or if you want to take the deduction.
2: Yeah, there are. And so to take a deduction, your income has to be low enough. If if you're in an employee-sponsored plan like a 401k, and those those income amounts are a little over seventy thousand for federal and about a hundred thousand for married. That's if you want to fully deduct your IRA. Seventy for single. Yeah, seventy for single. Yeah, a hundred thousand for married. Um, now, but many of you probably should be looking at a Roth contribution, and those limits are much more generous. So if your income is, um, let's see, once it gets above one hundred thirty-three thousand, one thirty-one. I think it's 133.
1: Well, what year are you talking about? This year. Well, it's 2015 still. We can still contribute to it. Well, a that, that's true. Right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. So,
2: we got, so I stand corrected. Yeah. Yeah, we can. We, you're right. We can still do an IRA or Roth contribution for 2015 all the way to April 15th of 2016.
1: Yeah, so you got about a month and a half. If you haven't made a Roth IRA contribution for last year, I would encourage you to do so couple of reasons why, and I'm sorry to cut you out because I think the five year clock is important to dis- uh, distinguish yeah, here. Yeah, good point. Because in Roth IRAs, uh, there's a five year clock, it's called. And so for you to get earnings out of the Roth, all right, A, you got to be over 59 and a half the, for the earnings or five years, whichever's longer. So if you're in your 50s or 60s and you've never started a Roth IRA, all right, so let's say I'm 62 years old and I put money into a Roth IRA this year for 2016, okay? All right, well, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I gotta wait till 2021 to get the earnings out of the Roth IRA, right? Correct. I don't necessarily wanna wait that long, okay? So if I make a 2015 contribution, then I can wait till 2020 if you've never made a Roth contribution. So the five year clock starts with the first dollar that hits the first Roth. So let's say if you wait until April 14th of 2016, to make a Roth IRA contribution for 2015, your five-year clock starts Jan 1 of 2015. Yeah, back to the beginning of that fiscal year, or right? Year. yeah. So you can cut a year off your five-year clock um, if you contribute to a Roth. And you don't have to put a lot of money in it. You could put like $5, I mean, depending on the custodian, $100, right? Put that in the Roth. Make sure that you get this thing done.
2: Right, that's a very good point. And I think that the biggest point is that you can do these IRA contributions and or Roth contributions in addition to your 401k, in addition to your 403b or 457 plan, whatever it may be. And that's that's a big deal because if you're putting in $5,500 each and every year and you start that at age 30... I mean, that's, that is that is going to be a huge sum of money at your retirement, and that's over and above your 401Ks and 403Bs.
1: Yeah, but a lot of our listeners are not 30. They're 50 and 60 and 70. Sure. but right? if
2: you start at 50, you're in a lot better shape right. now. If you start then, at 60, you're in a better right. Yeah, I mean, every year puts you in better shape, and that's, that's the point. You know, another thing, Joe, is that uh, some people don't do these contributions because they're not tax-deductible, and the thing is, The Roth IRA, we've just talked about this. If you're trying to spend the same amount in retirement that you're making and spending right now, and all your money is in retirement accounts, you're going to be in the same bracket. And furthermore, there's going to be some years where you want to spend more. In fact, most folks want to travel more in those first few years. All of a sudden, they're going to be in a higher tax bracket. Wouldn't it be great if some of your money was at least in a Roth IRA so that when you do need to spend more, you pull it out of the Roth so you don't go into higher brackets, but you want to start doing those Roth contributions ongoing right now?
1: So here's another thing, too, is that, all right, um, maybe you don't qualify for a Roth, um, so you're like, all right, well, I'm not going to put any money into an IRA. Anyone can contribute to a standard individual retirement account as long as you're under 70 and a half, and you have earned income. Correct. So you need wages, self employment income. You know you have to pay FICA tax on the income for you to qualify to make a contribution to any IRA. Okay. Um, now, let's say I make $200,000 a year and I don't qualify to do a Roth IRA, but I could still do an IRA contribution as long as I'm under 70 and a half. But if I do that IRA contribution, I don't get a tax deduction. Right. So it's still it's an after tax contribution right. inside the IRA. So a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, you might want to consider that because what you could do is that you could then make that IRA contribution, right? You don't take the tax deductions after tax, and then you could convert that IRA into a Roth because you got to realize where do you want your money because it could be in three different pools. It could be in a tax-deferred pool that would be taxed at ordinary income coming out, It could be just in a brokerage account that you're subject to capital gains tax on any uh, dividend or earnings or growth of that um, portfolio um, does. Or it could be in a tax-free account. So all your dividends, interest, growth of the account will forever grow tax-free. So think about that for a second. I think most of you would say, yeah, I think more money in a tax-free environment would be ideal. If I can invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate in an environment that I would never have to pay tax on any of that growth, that would be ideal. So maximizing that account is key to have the best chance to pay the lowest tax in retirement. right? And so an after-tax IRA contribution then could right away potentially be turned into a tax-free account because there is no income limitations by doing a conversion, by taking the IRA that you just put the $5,500 in, didn't take the tax deduction. It has tax basis. You could just roll that into a Roth, and now that 5500 will never be taxed. Uh, there's there's pro rata rules, there's aggregation rules, and everything else to go along with that. But just don't be short-sighted and say, hey, because I don't get a deduction, I'm not going to take it.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And what we're talking about is a backdoor Roth. And by the way, this has been in, in President Obama's uh, budget proposal for the last three years in a row to get rid of this. Uh, it's basically, it's a way for you to do a Roth contribution, even if your income is high, if you're over the limits. And Joe, I, I would say this. It's t- to me, it's all about gaining control over your situation. And taxes are something that you have control over, but a lot of people don't realize that. But it's not true.
1: All right, got to go. The called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in just a second.